Voice of Fintech. Welcome to Voice of Fintech, a podcast mapping out Swiss and European fintech scene, aiming to inspire entrepreneurs to launch their new ventures and connect them with incubators, accelerators, business angels and VCs, and incumbents interested in partnerships. There are many potential entrepreneurs that are thinking about launching their new ventures, but many don't know where to start. Voice of Fintech will help you navigate Fintech ecosystem so you can get started more easily. My name is Rudy Fallad and I'll be hosting this podcast. Hello and welcome to Voice of Fintech. Today we're joined by Sandra, co-founder and CEO of FutureA. That is a fantastic startup based in Zurich. And we'll talk a little bit more about cybersecurity and what it can do for you. Good morning, Rudy. Thanks for having us. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your team, and uh, how did you get to do what you do? Yeah, so we founded FutureA officially three years ago. We were all intrigued by the idea of making user experience more secure, but in an easy way, so really in, in an intuitive way. And like traditional cybersecurity products, typically they are very cumbersome to use, but um, still required from regulations. So it's a very interesting field to innovate in. And that was, I think, what, yeah, that's the passion that the three founders all share. And that's what brought us together. And I met them when they were um, completing their PhD at ETH. So they were already invested, like working on this matter for a few years. And they were just on the brink of market validation. And that's when I joined them. Are you all computer scientists or what's your background? I come from a business uh, background, but I worked in IT in large corporations and in IBM for many years and then in the public service for some some time, always in the IT space. And my two co-founders, one has a PhD in mobile security, so he's a crack on mobile topics. And the other one has a PhD in online security, cryptography, topics, machine learning. That's his field. And um, the combination, I think, is unbeatable. Okay. So we, we touched on this a little bit. We talked about cybersecurity, but what does that exactly mean for future A? What is the problem that you're trying to solve? So when you think of products that you use today, let's think of your e-banking. You might require a hardware token. Uh, you might get an SMS code. You might need to scan something. In all those cases, it's um, typically there, there are a lot of potential problems that occur. Uh, in various cases, it's not intuitive. You need to call help desk. Um, I think this is where we innovate in this whole value proposition of making user onboarding seamless, how to get access to products like e-banking, mobile banking, whatever it might be, in a very seamless way while ensuring the high security and then also making sure that you throughout the lifetime journey that you are with an organization um, still can benefit of different products uh, with the same security level. So we are constantly looking into how to increase the value proposition for a new type of of, uh, products. To give you an example, um, now voice banking comes more and more. So we're working abroad a lot with banks on conversational interfaces where banks have skills on smart home devices that you can, um, for instance, ask your current account balance. You can even execute a transaction. And our authentication even works for such use cases. Okay, so who are your target customers? So we sell B2B to um, financial institutions, which can be retail banks, 
private banks, but even we have robo-advisors, fintech companies as customers. And we have direct sales channel. So in the initial phase of a company like ours, that is very much focused on customer experience, it was extremely important to be close to the end user, which are the customers of our customers, and learn from their problems with traditional products and to add value right there. In the medium long run, especially in the context of entire Europe and that we are currently doing a market entry, we work very much also with partners that are strong in, in that space. The okay, so you're focusing space. on Switzerland, the DAC region, but then you're planning to go wider, I guess. We have actually customers today from different places of the world, from Southeast Asia and from the US, but these were more inbound leads. We did not actively work on those markets. Okay. But we, yeah. And so where are you based? We are in, in Switzerland uh, physically. However, again, we have a SaaS offering and on-premise deployment. And the SaaS offering you can basically um, subscribe to from everywhere in the world. And we have operations that can cover the whole world today. And how many people are on your team? In the extended team, we have 16 people today. And uh, we talked a little bit about your co-founders and ETH links. So how have, you, how have you started with your venture? A lot of the ventures in Switzerland start as ETH spin-offs. Uh, is that the story here? Uh, we have actually met each other. Again, we were, we were maybe not a typical ETH spin-off from that sense because we had right from the beginning a team with people with industry experience from insurance and the financial services. Myself, I had many years IT services done with financial institutions amongst others. And in that context, we did very quickly market validation in the initial phase to see if there is market traction for the topic that we are working on. And uh, we gave each other an amount of months and after we decided we really want to go full force. So if I were to challenge you a little bit, why is your solution better than anyone else's? And uh, how do you persuade your clients that uh, no one will hack or crack your solution uh, while they are constantly and every day hacking others? I mean, it's always a balance. You have to optimize usability, security, privacy, and it's a tough one to do. And in that sense, I would say what makes us very unique in this whole authentication space is we are only focusing on external use cases, which is B2B or B2C. So it can be corporate customers of our customers, or it can be end users. But you're very specialized in the threat models that affect them. So we don't do employees because it's a different type of threat typically affecting an employee within a closed organization, co-located with other employees. Um, that's one thing. And that's why we also focus so much on usability because with the highest security systems, if the users hate it, smart users will find detours around the security and that exposes you as organization most. So for us, it's crucial that we seamlessly integrate authentication topics, login topics into the product that it's not bogging the user. And that's a bit of philosophy. And that said, of course, it's important that um, we strongly believe in there is not one fits all. So a lot of legacy providers, they came out of a product and maybe they come from a hardware environment. Then they try to pivot into a software environment, but they think the product will solve the topic. But we are not looking so much into authentication itself. There we have an, an offering of a variety of authentications. But for us, the processes around them are even more crucial. 
So how do you securely migrate a token from your old device to the new device to instantly get access to your bank account? Again, that's the parts where all the other authentication providers struggle. And that's why we have very innovative approaches, which are not really tangible, but it's yeah, the underlying security that makes them so robust and so interesting for companies. What is also very important is that we don't use personal identifiable information of the end users of our customers. So we are entirely blind on the system. Typically, either they have in-house an identity access management that keeps those credentials safe and secure and separate from, from our authentication methods, or um, yeah, they work with ex external providers. But it's very important to diversify the architecture to, to make the architecture smart. And sometimes what we see, what is a big risk for organization is on the one hand side, when they try to build things themselves, because they think it's trivial, where it's not, where they work with credentials and keep sensitive information central in a database. I think of biometrics, they're, thing, they're really organizations that keep biometric information of their customers somewhere centrally. I mean, how more interesting does it need to get for hackers? It's like ridiculous. Why would you would ever consider an architecture like that? And there it's extremely important that we don't need anything that is sensitive. We don't work with anything that can expose someone and nothing that is of value for a potential hacker. And that's right. what differentiates us as well from a philosophy. We talked about B2B sales and of course you're selling to banks, regulated industry. I often hear from first-time founders who do this, this is very difficult. And it is very difficult because the banks, they, they like to, or established uh, companies, they like to see a partner that with a track record and also with some financial backing that if something goes wrong, they can go after them, things like this. So how did you overcome this when you did your first sales to, um, to banks? I think it's a mix of arguments. On the one hand side, I don't think it's a bigger risk of organization with knowledgeable teams that are young, that have a decent size, compared to corporations. I mean, we all saw in the past how very big brands went bankrupt or changed their product strategy. The risk is actually, if you look at the data, not higher working with a smaller entity. It's, I think, the opposite. Banks made experiences that are very positive over the course of the last years that proved that smaller entities are very agile in reacting to their specific problems. They don't just sell a standard product that can be off the shelf uh, but will not offer any flexibility, but they are comparatively younger organizations are very willing to make it work for the specific case. They want to win a customer in the long run. And then, of course, you need to build a trustworthy relationship. It's long-term sales cycles that we are engaging in in security because although we get the buy-in for a project to go into production at one point we still need to have to do due diligence in security so we would do penetration testing our customers sometimes do it themselves sometimes we just provide uh, reports from external parties we need to be whitelisted this all takes time and throughout through the course of, of that process you you have to prove that you have a track record, that you have existing customers um, that are happy with your product, that work with the product for some time. Okay, so where are you on your journey uh, today? Uh, we talked about the, the, your team and your target customers, but in terms of 
uh, potentially funding or your plans. What's in the store for you this year and the years after? Uh, it's a really exciting year for us. I mean, there's supposed to be a so-called uh, PSD2 regulation that um, people might have heard of in the fintech space. It's supposed to go live. ABO now has extended the time frame and the different countries are working on the specific implementation schedules. However, one integral part of PSD2 is this strong customer authentication part. So companies will have to have strong customer authentication. And there's some bit that is affecting login, but especially also transactions. And of course, this is our market and a huge momentum for us. And that's why uh, we also heavily focus on the European Union. So we go live this autumn with banks within the European Union. And that's a super interesting time for us to be in. You spent some time in the US as well, in the Silicon Valley. So if you were to compare the startup scene um, in Switzerland versus Silicon Valley, where do you see the commonalities and where do you see the differences? I would say the technology that comes out is comparably innovative. Maybe in the Bay Area, I, I don't want to generalize, but there is a bit less knowledge from the industry. So especially in, in fintech, things are designed from scratch. So they design new business models that fundamentally shift old type of business models that were in place. Versus here, I see a lot of people coming from the industry, seeing anomalies, things that didn't work and want to address the specific pieces of the whole puzzle, but staying with the system. But then like when you think about startup culture and the growth of how startups go through a life cycle, it's just still, although we have a lot more venture capital in Europe, you have still a lot higher volumes and ticket sizes for an early stage startup with less concrete product output. So there in the Bay Area, you can still go out of PowerPoint basically with a concept and I would say raise 10 million, 20 million for a first round, which is unthinkable in, in Switzerland. Here you need to have a market traction, you need to have reference customers and the product that is working before you would even start discussing with anyone. And then the ticket sizes are a lot smaller to start. And this is, of course, putting different stakes into the game of the global race, which are not easy to, to catch up with. That said, I don't think more money is always better. We have seen a lot of companies burning with too much money because they kind of were distracted and didn't keep the focus to the, to the most important piece. Still, to build a global player from Switzerland is extremely difficult because of the sheer market power that you can build right. out of, of Switzerland. Well, but let's be ambitious. Uh, of course. <laughs> you know, develop a technology here and uh, think about a total addressable market, which is the planet. Exactly. So good luck to future, eh? So my last question would be where interested parties can reach you and, and what kind of uh, people would you be most interested in uh, in connecting with? Thanks so much, Rudy, for having us. Um, everyone who is interested in how to improve the user experience, when you think of logins, there can be simple logins where you want to move away of passwords. It can be strong uh, secured logins where you want to have seamless barrier that the user can easily get access to your mobile first banking product, to your online customer portal, to your e-banking or what it might be. And please reach out to us. We're very happy to discuss with you. Anyone in product ownership of such a topic, information security people, anyone that has an interest, we will be super excited to talk to. 
And you can find us on social media, on LinkedIn, Future A Technologies. You can find us on Twitter, uh, Future A. Ping me, Sandra, at future.com. Great. Thank you, Sandra. Thanks so much.